to go see killers of the flower moon yes us too uh, with our friend with our friend uh and that was a sobering time mm-hmm. marty did it again marty d- done uh, did it. he done did it he somehow was like i'm gonna make a western movie into a gangster movie and you're like marty marty <laughs> i don't think you can do that those are two different genres and marty's like you just fucking watch me and he did it and then, did it. and then you the, watch. The slow rollout, by the way. The yeah. slow rollout of the fact that this is a gangster movie, actually. Fucking, he's such a master of his craft. Because this is a three and a half hour long movie. And it was only until, like, there was, like, an hour left in the movie. Where I was sitting there, I'm like, fucking Martin Scorsese, I'm watching a gangster movie. This is a, this is a goddamn gangster movie. What? He you fucking know? tricked me. It's a gangster movie. And I was like, I should, I can't believe Martin Scorsese, the gangster movie guy, managed to trick me for so long into making it so that I wasn't watching, thinking that I wasn't watching a gangster movie. Truly an auteur. You know, I, I think, like, when I, like, thinking on it, I can just, like, imagine Martin Scorsese reading the book, Killers of the Flower Moon, and, like, how everything went down, and I can see him like thinking about it and like turning it around in his head and he's like wait this is what this guy's doing this is a this is a lot like a mob this is it's ju- a lot like a mob this is a lot like organized crime like the mafia if you think about it all the racists <laughs> and the kkk are a lot like organized crime <laughs> it's almost like <sighs> it's almost like white supremacy it's like a huge organized crime. Hordes organized crime, which he directly implicates himself as an un, you know, as like a, if not unwitting, at least, um, cognizant part of. He mm. has a, there's a whole, I which I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't listened, but there is a sequence in that movie where you're like, oh, he he knows. He's like, oh shit, this we're all we're all guilty, including me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great flick. Um, powerful watch. Uh, that's going to be up there for Oscar season, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. I don't think... Um, I, I will riot if Lily Gladstone does not get a Lily fucking Gladstone Oscar for this. Is <laughs> fucking incredible. Uh, fan-fucking-tastic. was so good. Uh, that's another trick the movie pulls we start on leo and you're like oh i know i've seen a martin scorsese movie it's gonna be he's the main character is leo dicaprio wrong you're wrong 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 also his character is just the worst oh Um, my god i don't he's played some pretty despicable characters including uh john candy in um Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. This guy might be worse than John Candy. I they're pretty neck and neck. They fucking suck. It's it's awful. It's bad. It's gross. It's gross. But art, art critically, 
You know, I saw a statistic today that said under 35s, um, the, the, like the under 35 demographic, when you compare the last couple of movies, like, uh, like biopic movies, like Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon are widely disproportionately like slanted in that direction as opposed to when you look at the demographics for something like the flash like under 35s <laughs> did not go fucking see the flash they went to go see oppenheimer like, <laughs> like, that's we're, so silly we're, we're fucking sick of this shit by now <laughs> i think is like the yeah. thing it's just like our generation is tired of superhero stuff we want to know we we're we're tired of fantasy and escapism. We want to know stuff about the world. I, I, I think I, I listen. I would push back that we're over superheroes. I don't think we are mm. because Marvel's Spider-Man Two, the video game, just came out and people fucking love that game. I think we're over the fucking eighties nostalgia superhero thing mm. that we're keep, that we keep doing. We keep. Like, doing something so my dad might buy a ticket to go see The Flash. Yeah. Which, you know, and it's like, nobody cares about this. Nobody likes it. See, uh, I'll agree with you, because the only thing that, like, really made me interested in, makes me interested in the Marvels movie is the fact that it has <laughs> um, Intergalactic, which is a song from the 90s, not the yeah. 80s. Yeah. <sighs> Which, I mean, I, I can't get into how dumb I think the Marvels is going to be. Oh my god. Yeah. Which which is wild because... Oh, what's that actress's name who plays Kamala Khan? Iman Vellani. Mm-hmm. Um, is really good in her role and also knows a lot about the character and has clearly done her research and it's literally writing miss marvel comics i yeah, think right she, now she is literally writing the current uh like run of miss marvel uh and it's hey because uh, it's part of the x line now which means that i'm reading it um it's pretty good it's actually pretty, it's pretty good, good. <laughs> and i just want i want her to succeed i don't care about the rest of the movie at all um, it is so, it is wild know. to me that she is as young as she is and is like uh, writing that character and like other characters out like that are outside of just Kamala very well. There is a very good scene that Kamala has with uh, Tony Stark and Emma Frost that I was like, okay, she gets it. She gets I'm like a... all of these people's dynamics. Not to not to like put. I don't need another Kevin Feige, but maybe we maybe we have that guy step away a little bit and have Iman come in and just like you know look some scripts over. Maybe maybe we shouldn't put all of maybe we shouldn't put all of this work on um, on one guy. Maybe we should spread on out the Kevin. Work. Yeah. Maybe we should spread out the work on that. Maybe it should be a little bit more collaborative. The direction you of know the what, entire you know what, cinematic. You know what didn't occur to Kevin was that maybe each of the television shows he was making needed a showrunner. Mm. That just that just didn't pop into Kevin's head. You know, as something that you might need. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they've been so dog shit. <laughs> uh, because they haven't been making them like you've been making TV. They've been making six movies. With, like, different directors separately. 
Mm-hmm. And not finalizing scripts and shit, and then nobody on the fucking recording crew gets scripts until the day of. They don't even get the full script. They get pages, so none of it leaks. And, like, stop doing it. Stop doing it this way. Maybe maybe this will improve a little bit now that uh, the WGA strike has been uh, wrapped up because I believe uh, some of those things were uh, addressed in the strike. Like, they, I'm pretty sure it was like, hey, um, you need bigger writing teams. You need to pay the writers more. And you also, I think I saw that there was a clause about... You need to have showrunners for shows like you it can't just be like you get you get a director to write each episode you need this like person at the helm if you're doing a show like this fucking better be because goddamn is it been rough and you know what i think was the final nail in the coffin for the general populace and i I don't know if uh marvel can win him back after this point with secret wars so oh my god (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's enough about superheroes. We should talk about superheroes. Yeah, I guess we should. Um, welcome to a study in Sakuga, folks. We are still watching My Hero Academia. I am your anime Sherlock, Lexi. And I am your anime Watson Holden. Um, We're here, My Hero Academia, Season 3, Episode 61, Deku vs. Kachan, Part 2. We were we were talking we're talking about superheroes going into this intro. Mm. However, mm. this episode is seems to be more about anime Gay lovers. <laughs> I was going to say the genre of anime that we're in, but Well, it, that is yeah, true too. That <laughs> what you said is also a little bit true. <laughs> they're fighting, but when they're fighting, they're really confessing their love for one another. Um, you know, here's that's the, the whole scene. This this whole episode has like a an entire like treatise on like how how the shonen rival thing works, and I don't think you can really talk about the sh- whole shonen rival thing without being a little bit gay because you know what? Hmm. It's a little bit gay. <laughs> You've got a deeply personal relationship with someone who pushes you to be better all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, let's let's get into it because I actually think that this episode has is has some good stuff in it. Yeah. Um which which I need to before I make a declarative statement Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, this episode I actually liked because Mm -hmm. we built characters here, actually. Something happened to the characters and based off of the events that they endured and they grew because of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to chalk the. I'm going to say this one's good. Yeah. I think this is a good episode. I think this is good TV. Um. I don't have a whole lot of notes on it, but that's mostly just because uh, a lot of it is just some really fucking good animation later in the it's episode good stuff this fight's good stuff yeah this um, fight is really well animated really well blocked mm-hmm. um but i want i want which is why we begin i want to touch on that a little bit later uh when it like really gets going um we start off basically where we 
left the last episode and we have this like bakugo like warming up to this confrontation between him and deku and like there's a lot of uh deku like remembering the past and thinking about it we see a lot of flashback here um bakugo's having a full meltdown right he's like remembering their childhood he's He's shouting at Deku to, you know, like, like not, like, fight back, do something, you know, Mm -hmm. don't overthink this. This is a a physical thing that they're doing. They're blowing off steam. Um, He's not doing well. Bakugo has been keeping it under his hat, but he's actually doing really bad. Yeah. Um, they're, like, Bakugo like swings first with uh with this hit and deku like tries to uh predict what he's gonna do but he can't because um bakugo knows that that's his deal so he can just do the i know you i know you know what i'm going to do so i'm going to do the opposite (laughs) yeah um not for nothing before we get too far into this episode there's a little cop bot Oh yeah, that snitches on them to their homeroom teacher, um, and a cab includes the small, cute cop bot. Yes, I hate to say it, um, but what I think is extra cute is that he's just a robot. But they gave him a little hat. <laughs> he doesn't need that hat. He does. He's just a little robot. It's just a, it's just a little robot with a camera head. <laughs> he... They gave him a little cop hat, and they're like, "You're in charge." <laughs> Watch watch Cementos City. <laughs> and he even talks like he talks like a guy, which makes you know is as extra funny. He's like, "Hey, a razorhead! Your students are loitering around Ground Beta." Does it? Does he and have? You know, does he have a cop voice for you? He has a, a like high pitched like a uh, little. Let me, let me unmute. Let me hear. Hang on. No, he's got a robot voice. He's like a beep boop a razorhead. <laughs> He still says hey eraser head, which is funny that a robot says hey. Yeah. Um, but he does he he does have a little robot voice. Mm. It would be better if he had a cop voice. <laughs> um But it as this fight happens, Eraserhead goes out to stop them and somebody somebody, somebody. mysteriously puts out a hand to Do stop. Do you know them. who, listener? Could you possibly <laughs> guess, listener? Uh <laughs> But, so, that's happening, and and Deku's, like, such a dweeb. He's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Why are you attacking me? I would look up to you, you know, like, we shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. And then he realizes, as Bakugo is talking to him, that Bakugo holds himself responsible for All Might mm-hmm. retiring. If he hadn't, if Bakugo says to himself, if he hadn't been so weak and gotten captured... He would never have had to been rescued, and All Might still might have his power. And All Might, for as much as Bakugo's a little shit about it, is Bakugo's hero. That's what inspired him to become a hero just as much as it did Deku. Mm-hmm. And, like... And this... Uh, him, Go ahead. Him saying this is, like, the thing that goes that gets Deku to actually take this fight seriously as a thing be- between him and uh, Bakugo 
instead of just like Bakugo trying to get up his energy, he's like, oh no, if we're going to understand each other, we need to actually do a fight right now. Well, and it's, it's, this fight is, is Deku actually being a friend to Mm -hmm. Bakugo. Bakugo has all of this anger and, and fear and sadness and has nobody and no one to vent it with. The only way that he knows how is with fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if he wants to help Bakugo get over it and sort of vent some of this frustration, he has to fight him and be serious about it. I I also want to point out that um, Bakugo's uh, Japanese VA is doing absolutely incredible work. Like, in, in this sequence after... Like, he's falling on his butt, and he's, like, uh, talking, like, yelling at Deku about all of this stuff. His voice is, like, cracking and, like, getting hoarse, and it's, like, it's, it's, like, very, very raw, um, raw and emotional. It's, like, Uh, this is, this is... For what it's worth... Go ahead. This is how, this is, like, a, a teenager at the edge uh, end of their rope expressing their feelings like it it feels that way for what it's worth this is uh the english voice actor has taken a lot of tips from the japanese voice actor it sounds like because i you we've never heard bakugo's voice this hoarse or high he goes up a full octave as he doesn't cry but he you can hear the fact that he's not crying in his voice mm-hmm. which is some fucking incredible characterization. Props to everybody on the voice acting team, both sub and dub. Yeah, it's very good. Um, this fight has some fucking good animation. It's really good. Yeah, once once they are actually getting into it, there is like, I I think it's at this moment, uh, like after. Uh, Deku is like, I, I'm i going all out. I need to see if my shoot style can actually work against you. No, it's it's a little bit later. Well, there is... Yeah, they keep duking it out for a little bit. Bakugo gets, like, a few... They're both, like, trading really impressive hits, and uh, Deku is, like, a little slow on the uptake because he's thinking too much. Yeah, Bakugo's rage is really propelling him forward. Um, there are some good moments where Deku's thinking helps him out, but um, ultimately, Bakugo, at his point at the start of the fight, is that Deku overthinks everything, is what causes him to ultimately get beat here. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh... Deku does need to prove that he has gotten stronger recently to uh, Bakugo, and he is, like, doing his best to to prove that, and as the fight goes on, they uh, keep, like, amping it up more and more, getting faster and faster, and then there is a point where, like, the surroundings of the fight just, like, totally fade away, and there is, like, this incredible incredibly uh, impressive animation sequence where it stops looking like a like a fight and it looks like it has this brief moment where it looks like a a dance between the two like with uh deku's uh, foot movements and the way bakugo is like charging in and they are like dodging and dancing around each other it's 
very good. It's it's so good. This is this is what you want. When I say I want more interesting fights or fights that have like purpose to them, this is what I'm talking about. We're telling a whole story here about one relationship with a fight scene. It's just a shame that we saved it until like the last possible moment, you know? Like I understand this is like the climax emotionally for both of these characters for the season, but like if you have the chops, do it a little bit before, you know? Mm-hmm. This It really is good. This really feels like the... This is the moment from... This is, like, the fight of the season. Just like how uh, the Deku-Todoroki fight was the fight of the previous season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... And this fight is really interesting as an emotional cap to both of them because it's where they're understanding each other as rivals instead of a, as a bully and victim, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and and as Deku's fighting Bakugo in this, you know, in these moments, he's like, part of the reason I want to be better than you is like, I, like, I do overthink things and I, I am too careful and your rage and like intensity is is like an admirable quality that I can use sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think we we don't talk about that aspect of Deku enough, or at least the show doesn't, that he he's a sponge for all of the good qualities of people around him. This is like the whole point of having the ensemble show, right? Yeah. Is Deku, who doesn't have powers, comes into the, the school and learns all of these positive characteristics about heroism from his friends and classmates. And, like, that should be more... that Like, this moment is incredible because it's so apparent that that's what he's doing. I just, like... That's good. We should... <laughs> that should be a, a cornerstone of Deku's characterization. Yeah. He should be all of the best parts of all of his friends, right? If he's going to be the number one hero in the world, which he's the main character, so he is, then he has to absorb all of the positive qualities from everybody else and mm-hmm. use them to his advantage. And I think you, I think you see this later in the in the next episode, in like a very small moment between him and uh, Kaminari, that like. Even Kaminari has started to rub off on Deku in some ways. This is good! I like this! Um, anyway, Bakugo ends up winning this fight. Um, with a very impressive, like, explosive, uh, like, suplex, uh, a pile driver, essentially. Just, like... It takes uh, Deku, like, they are both up in the air, and Bakugo is able to twist his weight around and make a uh, Deku below him, and then just, like, use an explosion to launch them both into the ground. And he's got, like, the scene ends with his hand, like, gripping Deku's face, right? And if mm-hmm. it, I always think it's interesting the way that they frame Bakugo's hands in a lot of these scenes, because the way that he can just make explosions happen from his fingertips means that anything he's touching could potentially just be blown to smithereens at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he's like grabbing his face and pushing it into the dirt is like, you know, it's like second, it's like holding a loaded gun in your, in your face. It might as well be. Yeah. Um, 
and then you you hear the echoing cry of of all might. Hold up there, young Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's more serious than that. Yeah, he, he's, he's like he is very serious in this scene. Like, he is. There's no there's no funny All Might here. As much as I wish that was the case, no, I don't wish that was the case. But I think it's good for him to come in here because it's also this fight is emblematic of All Might's failures as a teacher mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. He says a line in here as he's, like, coming up to both of them that he's like, sometimes I forget your kids. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what a fucking gut punch. Like, this is as... They're kids. These these are, like, the age of sophomores in high school. That is their age. Right? Yeah. And, And he's like, I should have been a better instructor and and mentor for you because you needed to know that you getting captured and me coming to save you had was not your fault none of it was your fault and in fact i wouldn't have been able to be a hero much longer even if none of that had happened i um, i just had a moment where I, where you said they're 14 and i i have a job where i work around teenagers and like I like I put that in the context of the teenagers of that I know, and I'm just like, oof, God, what the fuck? It's rough. It's fucking rough. Imagine at 14, you you're the reason Superman had to retire, or at least you mm-hmm. think so. Like the number one hero in the fucking world, Superman, and you him having to come save you made it, him so ill that he had to retire. You'd be fucking devastated. Yeah. And especially if Superman had been your inspiration, your hero, your, like your personal hero, brutal. Mm-hmm. It is honestly amazing that Bakugo has been able to go this long without flipping the fuck out. I it, Great characterization for Bakugo. It's such a good episode for him. And I think a learning moment for All Might, honestly... Um, I'm, I'm, I like this arc for All Might as him coming down off of being the number one hero and being a teacher that doesn't suck. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think this is a good angle for him. Yes. Also, I do want to say that like this whole, like the whole treatise on like how a shonen rivalry works is basically given by all might he is like listen the reason you two are always butting heads is because you see uh, you see the deficiencies in each other as uh, as strengths and you only see the deficiencies in yourself so you are o- both constantly trying to fix yourself with the, the strengths of the other and it's just... it's it's a steel it's a steel sharpened steel situation, right? Yeah. Like you you will only get better by trying to best the other person, you know, like. Yeah, and he says he's like this is this is a good thing. This is like a relationship you need to like take care of and like become closer in. Like this isn't just a you two should like hate each other. 
but you two are more close to each other than you even think. Like truly, and and just to put a just to put a pin on that, it is there where Bakugo's like, I fucking figured it out, like the whole thing, and they they sit him down and explain to Bakugo the entire backstory of of One for All and how he passed, how All Might passed his powers down and why he picked Deku mm-hmm. and. And the whole thing. So he is literally in the inner circle at this point. Yeah. And, like, I love the the moment where All Might says, Yes, I did see you. I didn't choose you because I saw that Deku had potential and I wanted him to be in the ring, in the same ring with you. Like, this isn't just a... I didn't pick you because I thought you sucked. I I didn't th- pick you because you weren't strong. No, you already were strong, and I thought we needed someone new who was also strong. Like, it's it's very you pr- good. Prop each other up. It's really good stuff. And you know they're kind of they get up and they're they before they walk back. Um, after Bakugo learns all this stuff, he as they're walking back, he says to Deku. If you're if you have this power, if you have all of All Might's power, and I beat you, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You better hope <laughs> that I never beat you again. If I win, you're a failure. Like yeah, like point blank. If I beat you, you fucked up. Yeah, it's really good. That's that's so fucking good. That's such a good character growth for Bakugo f- from coming from I can't let anybody beat me especially Deku because nobody should be better than me I have to be the strongest all the time mm-hmm. too Deku has been gifted ultimate power and the fact that I can beat him says less about me and more about Deku yeah it's it's very good it's it, it really is like uh bakugo is lucifer essentially like yes this is this is the person that like pushes uh pushes uh deku to like make sure he's at the top of his game um it's very good it's good stuff i really like this episode um the the button on the episode is that they get back to Eraserhead, who is about to commit murder <laughs> he's about to murder two children uh, about to wring those boys dry fucking and then it's just fucking strangle them and then all Might has to go it was my fault it was my fault don't kill him it was my fault and they're like he's like i don't give a fuck house arrest clean everything don't go to recovery girl to get your injuries fixed fuck you also you can't go to school i know these are my classes I, but you can't go fuck you i didn't realize house arrest meant that they couldn't go to classes that's wild. What a punishment for Deku specifically. It's a, it's like a, it's like a suspension from school, essentially. Wild stuff. This was Lexi, maybe the best episode all season. Oh, absolutely, easily. Yeah, by like a lot, which is wild because we watched like forty episodes. <laughs> we watched forty episodes together. We watched like so many fucking episodes to get here. Um, and it's there are only two episodes left of the whole season, and this was the best one. Uh, and then we have next God. episode to get to. 
Oh my god. There are, There is There's bad There's bad stuff in the next episode, but there's yeah. also some good stuff and I there and is some, some stuff I really like and I, some reprehensible shit in this in that episode and I ugh. Uh the next episode is uh like a warning of an incredibly fumbled bag, in my opinion. Like the yeah. whole, like it's showing you the bag before it is going to be fumbled so hard. God, like this episode was was so fucking good, and then the next episode you're like, ooh, okay, um, yeah, okay, I get we're setting some stuff up for the next season. Um, mm, I don't know. I don't know if you needed. <laughs> I, don't, to, I don't know if you needed to do that. I don't know if this is good. Um. They got time to, you know, workshop this before the next season. Um, yeah, so we're, you know, we should take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get into our hesitation about the next episode. Yeah, let's take a quick break. massive windfall um well what games did you buy i bought uh the both very recently released uh horror games small horror games um one of them being uh world of horror which is a Doesn't sound small sounds big <laughs> it it's it i it had, it's a very small development team. It's been in, like, early access for years. Like, I remember... I'm pretty sure it's, like, been in early access for, like... Like, mm. uh, six years now, maybe? That's that's a long time. Um, But it is a roguelike adventure game. RPG adventure game. Okay. Um very in the style of um uh uh junji ito um oh like um what's the not blasphemous but um oh no what's his thing what's the uh, he does berserk, berserk berserk no uh is that not junji ito no uh Junji Ito. I know who, I know who he is. Yeah. I just thought he also did Berserk. My, my bad. No. My the, bad, everybody. The guy who did Berserk, I'm uh, blanking on his name right now. He actually died like last year. I think I saw that. Um, well, I okay. I know. I know Junji Ito. I recognize yeah. the name and I recognize his horrible, <laughs> spooky art. Um, and it is basically, uh here you are in a town that is having a horrible eldritch incursion 
You have mm-hmm. to solve five mysteries in order to prevent it. Um, As you do. And it's basically like you you can just like do these and and almost endlessly. There are tons of different mysteries. There's a bunch of different ways each mystery can end. There are a bunch of different characters that like have different approaches to these things. Um, so yeah, I, I've been playing a little bit of that today, and I also got Slay the Princess, which is a... I think I've seen that one. Yeah, which, it, it's a game where it's a basically looping visual novel where you make a choice in the beginning, uh, that storyline seems to end, and then it starts over, and it takes into account how what you did last time, and then things branch from there well fuck well that should be fun that sounds like very very a lot of fun mm-hmm. it sounds like more fun than this episode <laughs> yeah i wish that i could branch some narrative right here <laughs> yeah i think i think uh maybe the writers could have made some different choices um I, I i can and you know what's really interesting is that i can pick out the specific choices that they should have been different this episode um and be like this is a good point for a branching narrative right here this yeah this second um this is a season four encounters yes season three episode 62 is season four encounters um we're on rails for this one though um we open on a guy we've never seen before Mm mm-hmm Who's got a... So we think. Yeah, so we think. Uh, he's got a, a big scar on his forehead, and he is people watching from his, uh, from a window in the room that he is in. Yeah, he's while he's... Having a morning ha- smoke. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I would not know who this guy was if not for the spoilery... Uh, uh like um, inner dialogue subtitles yeah the yeah. spoilery inner dialogue subtitles have to tell me who is speaking also oh um, do your subs seem to your subs mm-hmm. tell you who is speaking dang yes they go he as soon as it, the the extra voice enters his head it goes brackets twice and i was like oh okay like you mm-hmm. fucking <laughs> okay yeah um uh this guy is the best I love this guy. Oh my! This, I want this is the best for him. <laughs> this is why I like Twice as a character. This whole thing here is why I like him. It's incredibly interesting. It's fucking um, good stuff. Yeah, it goes with him just like uh, like people watching for a little bit, and then we get our intro, and. After the intro, he is kind of ruminating on the state of things after All Night's retirement. Um, he gives me kind of PI vibes, like mm-hmm. a like a like a noir film where he's walking out with his smoke and he's like, "State of the world's changed. Heroes getting more militant. Nobody mm-hmm. likes the number two hero." And then and he's just like does that monologue like mm-hmm. like a detective would do. There he has. Um, a- He has a very good line about, like, his thoughts about Endeavor. Like, he gets starts thinking about Endeavor and, like, people not like, uh, uh, 
liking him a whole lot. And uh, he says stuff. He, I think the line is something akin to people can tell that he's he's not a real hero. He's a guy that is pre- like an angry guy pretending to be a good guy. Yeah, he uh, he says he's a regular guy pretending to be a a, a superhero, and uh, he thinks to himself that like uh, it's just like with with Endeavor here, people are kind of getting like they aren't as supportive of him as they were to All Might, and like with that, like just public perception of heroes is going to wane. Uh, because yeah. if you don't have a number one hero to, like, raise excitement for the concept of heroes, it's just... It's it's tough to uh, maintain it. Yeah. The, in some ways, this episode framing of following twice around um, would have been a great end to the season. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of setting up all of these moving parts about how the, the state of play has changed for heroes and villains. And then ultimately the... And the duality here is, is kind of interesting. Because it seems like twice his main personality is not a bad guy. Yeah. Like, he's not a villain. He's sort of tormented by the other voice in his head. Yeah, he's... it. This is a... A normal guy with a mental illness. Like, it's as simple as that. And it's uh, because of the state of society that he has to do the things he does, basically, is what this episode is saying. Well, and yeah, and he even sees a, a guy robbing a convenience store and stealing an ATM. And he's like, you know, when you're down on your luck and... Things are as bad as they are. It seems like this is the e- easy solution with to you know mm-hmm. make a living with your quirks. I don't hold the, that against anybody, you know. And I'm like, yeah, he's fucking right. Let twice speak. Let twice uh, speak. Let him cook. let twice. Let him fucking cook. Um, there's a pirate hero that's very funny mm-hmm. here. Um, he gets bashed over the head and left bleeding on the concrete because um, as as twice comments on. If you're a villain out here, as as inspired as a lot of the heroes are to, like, you know, buckle down and get their shit right, it has only proven, like, the League of Villains has only told villains that they can be successful if they're smarter and they have teams. Yeah. You gotta have your Sinister Six. You gotta... Yeah, which... You gotta need your uh, Serpent Society. Only... The pro- and I, Go ahead. The only reason Mo- uh, people think Modok is like a big bad villain <laughs> is because he's aim. got is because of aim because he has every aim. other way. Nobody gives a shit if it's Modok all by himself. But you put a hundred guys in a yellow hazmat suits behind him, and suddenly you got to call the Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's so funny to think about. I hope I wish minions were a thing. I wish more people had minions. Yeah. I and I think this is an interesting problem. Mm-hmm. for the show to have right because the problem that i have had with superhero society is that there were too many fucking superheroes they're like government mandated there's like a billion of them mm-hmm. in different sections of of japan and like why would you ever be a villain knowing that the full arm of the law plus superheroes is going to come down on you 
if unless you have a plan. So I kind of like the idea that petty criminals are teaming up to be smarter about being crooks. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Also, uh, the group that robs the convenience store uh, calls themselves the Reservoir Dogs. Which, like, come I, on. Come okay. on. Fucking, come on. <laughs> we, we get it. You like movies. Yeah, we understand. Um, Twice turns down an alley, and he's really, he gets a call from Super Jail guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name? Giran. 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 I, I love Giran. I Giren love. is so cool. As, like, I, a black market, like, villain guy, I love this guy. Um, there is just, like, what a very, like, background detail with him that they let you have, which is Giran's talking on the cell phone with Twice. <laughs> and when they cut to, like, a wider shot of him at his desk, you see that he has, like, five cell phones. He's got, like, burners all over his desk. I, that's so funny. I love that. Um, well, as as Twice is talking to Giran, he's really struggling. It, it, it used to just be in his head. You used to just hear his Twice personality speak in his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And over the course of this conversation, Twice is speaking out loud. He's gaining enough control to speak verbally, which is where we get Twice disagreeing with himself mm-hmm. in the previous episodes. Um and this is really interesting because he essentially is like fighting for control here. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me because it's like um it really seems that like when he's alone, when he's allowed to just like exist on his own and like not have to like deal with other people too much, he can just like you know, go about his day, be himself. But the second that he has to like have a conversation with people, and like voice his opinions it it becomes difficult for him to just like have that one stable opinion it... yeah and the only way he can combine the two aspects of himself is with the mask mm-hmm. that's the only way that he once he suits up as twice then he can sort of f- focus a bit better yeah um that's good i like that i think that's such an interesting character yeah it it's a very interesting, like, twist on, like, Deadpool's whole thing, you know? Yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, that. That speaks to me as somebody who's, like, read a lot and understands and uh, Deadpool and is, like, wants to have this character be in conversation with that, but having a really interesting twist yeah. on it. Um, um, and then we get some fucking horrendous shit. Yeah. Um, just some awful this is in the in the conversation of twice being like we're trying to recruit more villains mm-hmm. uh he's like we're trying to recruit more villains uh we see the rest of the um league of villains except for uh uh, uh, uh toga to not to we don't see toga we, and we don't see yeah. uh the leader um Oh, uh, Shigaraki. Shigaraki, yeah. We see Spinner, who is, without his mask, just looking like a normal (laughs) lizard. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard to track down Spinner, you know, the big lizard guy. You really lose him in a crowd. Here's the thing, though. How many lizard men are there in this society? Like, I don't know. 
But it feels like that's a pretty notable thing to look for if you know that one of the villains is a lizard guy with purple hair. You'd be like, okay, there are 15 people that look like lizards with purple hair on the whole island. Let's fucking get them together. You know, I don't know. That's profile. I guess he's I guess he's underground. Yeah. Um I get it. Is it I it is profiling, yeah. but also when you have such distinct physical features, you're like, okay, it's gotta be somebody in this group, right? Like let's narrow it down. Um and we we see uh Dobby who is looking for recruits. And by we say oh. by <laughs> By doesn't seem to be doing a good job. Yeah, it seems like he is like uh, finding a whole bunch of people who aren't up to what he considers to be uh, like worth recruiting and just absolutely killing them all, burning them Fucking all. Fucking Dobby! Can you imagine Dobby coming back to the League of Villains bar to like do an update? And they're like, "Okay, Dobby, and you got those hood hoodlums, right?" Uh, and he's like, mm, "I melted those guys." And they're like, "What the fuck, Dobby? You keep melting the bad guys." And he's like, they're not, they weren't good quality. If they were good quality bad guys, they wouldn't have melted. They kind of sucked. like, no, Dobby. They looked weak. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't stand a chance. They weren't. And it's just like, Dobby, we want minions. We need minions. Dobby, <laughs> you thugs, goons. Fucking, we have to put some people on the payroll. You can't keep melting to help. Uh, fucking Dobby. I would not put Dobby in charge of that. Sorry. Um, and then the very unfortunate cutaway we get is, Ugh. uh, Magne, who, um, meets another, uh, trans woman, uh, that it also, uh, is very stereotypically looking in a very, like, not passing way um it's gross it's 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 so fucking gross it's gross they like they like give her like little girl pigtails and like and this is right as in the voiceover where they're like and we're looking for more villains which Mm -hmm. implies fucking gross stuff it's bad 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 yeah uh she's wearing a, a a like bright pink uh frilly dress and it's sucks so fucking much <laughs> it sucks so bad it's so bad and there's no reason for it either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nobody out of all the villains we cut to like was any did we need to check in on magne like if if you were just gonna do this like i don't it's not only disappointing it's like actively gross at yeah this point it really is um, which is really undercut by, like, the shit uh, fucking twice says next. I I wrote this down. Uh, as twi- After twice, like, puts his mask back on and, like, goes back out onto the street to, like, see what's going on with the, like, robbery in progress. He says, there isn't a place for crazy people to belong. Heroes only save good people what a fucking thing to say it's like it's so good this is why this is why just following twice around this episode would have been an incredible 
shit to end the season on. Mm-hmm. In in the in the in the dub, it's heroes only care about saving good citizens. Uh, yeah, they like us crazies have nowhere to go, and they're not going to save us. And it like this is a real legitimate pro- uh, problem that happens in real society, where people with mental illness who act out in like in ways that society finds disruptive can be punished pretty violently for um or and like if at, if that turns out in a way where they aren't just killed they can be like shuffled away to a place where they are not seen um, well, and, and and the thing that we and the thing that we understand because as this as he says this we get a, a small backstory for twice here which is how his his mind has sort of split in two is because he used to be able to just duplicate himself, mm-hmm. but he made all these duplicates to wait on him hand and foot. And those duplicates are their own people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were so fed up with being servants that they had a coup and they tied him up. And then there was a debate about who was the real twice and so they literally mass- massacred each other over days. Yeah. They, like, kill each other with a knife. And it's not like a cartoon they turn to goop first. Uh, Twice makes sure to say that they only die after they've been damaged enough. Yeah. Because there is, there is blood splatters all over the place. And, like, he has a huge gash in his forehead. Like, yeah, in this last That's the scar. Him. Mm-hmm. And he, he's... He spent so, like, he's so traumatized and spent so long in that room, like, killing himself, that he's not even sure if he's the original. How would he know anymore? Mm Mm-hmm. It's... And this is... It's so good. It's it's really good. (laughs) Fucking great characterization. And, and he, and this is his point, and this is a... You would think a thematic point that we might be exploring in the next season, right? Mm-hmm. Is that heroes, like, twice doesn't need to be defeated. He needs help. Yeah. He doesn't need to be put in prison. He doesn't need to be smacked down so that the heroes can save the day. He needs to be saved from himself. Yeah. He needs uh, He needs a therapist. He needs medication. Yes. It's like, this is... Uh, it's uh <laughs> this this is setting up some what would should be an incredible arcness season and i we're we're continuing as lexi assures me the the fumble here but this this groundwork here is good yeah it's really good groundwork there is some very good work done especially with uh twice and uh, later on, there is some other really good work done with Toga when we get her backstory. Like, this is, this, and uh, also with Magnate. Like, those three characters really represent, like, what the promise of, like, talking about villains and their place in society and how one becomes a villain and what it, like, a certain sense of criminality. Uh, well, and... And it builds off of what we've been talking about with Shigaraki, right? In mm-hmm. that he was somebody that heroes didn't save. And in fact, heroes actively hurt mm-hmm. um, into becoming 
this sort of reclusive villain. Yeah. And it's like, these are people who fell through the cracks, who didn't have any other real choice, who took a, like, an easy way to, like, keep on being themselves. Like, there, Twice talks a lot in this episode about, like, having space to be who you are, which, hey, hey, you know, you know what that mm-hmm. sounds a lot like to me? <laughs> it sounds like... It sounds like people yes. with mental illness and mm-hmm. uh, and queer identities. It's uh, it sounds like a whole lot like marginalized groups. You yeah, know? it sure does. It sure does. This is, and I'm I we we talk shit about this show all the time. So I want you to know that I'm being sincere when I say this. Good examination of the tropes in superhero fiction. Yeah. It's just, it's good. Flat out good. This is what, this is what competent comics should be doing. This is what competent superhero movies should be doing. We should be examining the superhero as a figure, if they were to exist, what they are a tool of, and what they are reinforcing. Mm -hmm. All of that tracks here. Yeah. And I, I was disappointed when we cut back to the kids at school. Oh my god, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far away from it because there is one final scene with twice where there is a, it seems a more professional supervillain team. They killed the reservoir dogs. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of a plague doctor team. They speak ominously about illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their leader has a like half plague doctor mask with it, where it's just the beak of a plague doctor mask, which I think that this design is great. Um, we learn that this character calls himself Overhaul. Um, and I think his like design it. is very good. <laughs> what I don't care for it, personally. I need to see it in motion, but otherwise it's a little too can Sammy to me. It's, it's very striking, and I think it's very creepy and imposing. So um, what's interesting, I don't know. They seem corny in the moment. I'd love to see more of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we cut back to the school, unfortunately. Yep. There's um, like an assembly. We, we, uh, class 1A runs into class 1B and, um. Well, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to skip over the assembly because that comes oh. after the assembly, right? Or is that before? No, that's before. no, that's before. That's before. Um, uh, Monoma is there to brag about the fact that all of the other class got uh got their licenses, um, and we meet two uh members of class one B that we haven't really seen before. We meet a blonde girl with. Uh, big eyes and horns. Her her name is Pony. Her name is Pony. Pony uh, and <laughs> Pony Tsunotori. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kaminari and um... oh shit. Um... Uh, they're both Kirishima. Kirishima are both like, oh hey, exchange student, and she's like, if you talk to me, I will skin you alive. <laughs> uh, and they're like, who? Okay. Uh, th- this is this is because Monoma whispered something in her ear. Japanese is not her first language. No, they are. She is a foreign exchange student. Um, I really um, like what the VA did here because, like, in 
in the sub, she has a way of speaking that, like, is... It just sounds a bit off. She has, like, a not-Japanese accent speaking Japanese, which I think is a very fun quirk to have. A very fun character detail to, like, express through voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have a really weird announcement ceremony where they kind of... We do also uh, get a reveal that Shinso joined Oh, he's back, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's back and he's joined 1B. And he doesn't, he fucking doesn't like Ida. So that's fighting words for me. And also, he's ripped now. Yeah, just, he's jacked. Just, he's been working out. Just so you know, <laughs> all, Shinzo's ripped all, all now. That time, all that time that he was off screen, he'd been getting jacked. Mm-hmm. While, <laughs> while we uh, pursued women, he studied the blade. Okay? Yes. Like, that's what he's been off screen training to be a real piece of shit in season four. Um, we go to a bad, weird ceremony, like, a announce, like, There's assembly, I guess. Principal Nezu is doing his, uh, like, return, return to the, uh, like, a new semester assembly. This is a, like, common thing in, uh, like, school settings is, like, the scene of the students all at the assembly that's outside where the principal is, like, giving an announcement and everyone's bored as fuck. Yeah, it's not good. It's not interesting. They bring in a new teacher you haven't seen for the upperclassmen called Hound Dog, who is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a dog. They've literally muzzled him. Yeah. Uh, and he barks halfway through because basically he's like, don't fight. out If if you're living in the dorms, don't go outside and fight. Yeah. And, cla- and they don't even name people by name, but class one, he's like, uh oh. <laughs> um, the only the only funny interesting thing that happens in this entire thing is uh, Kaminari is right behind, um, oh fuck, I forgot his name. Uh, tail guy, he's right and oh yeah, <laughs> he's like just like because he's bored, he's just like messing with the tail. <laughs> <laughs> he does just have it in his hand. Ojiro, Ojiro's tail. Oh yeah. He's a, he's just messing with Ojiro's tail, and like Ojiro <laughs> is like in front of him, just like trying not to say anything about it. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. Um, th- we cut to they make mention several times of the upperclassmen, and we sort of cut to characters walking inside when the assembly is over that mm. are like upperclassmen. And I at this point I was like, please don't do this. Oh yeah! Please don't, please don't do what you're about to do. Oh yeah, they're doing and, it. <laughs> and introduce yet more characters at this fucking school that I have to remember. And but nope, they're doing it. Um, Bakugo and Deku are on house arrest, and that's not interesting uh, until they come back. Yeah, uh, uh, Razorhead talks about some stuff. A reminder that pre- uh, that present Mike is the English teacher. Yeah, I forgot about that. And apparently his class is, like, fairly difficult, which is interesting. Uh, It's interesting to, like, imagine present Mike as, like, a teacher who is, like, fun but hard. Yes. Well, all the students come back from class and talk around Deku, who is, like, panicking that he's so far behind, even though it's, like, the first day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he they were like, "Oh Jesus." <laughs> I did I didn't understand any of that. I didn't think any of that was English. Um but they there's also like they're talking a bit about the um work study program which Eraserhead kind of teased at the uh, during class and like Deku doesn't know anything about it and didn't get this information at all and he's like very upset by it and like he tries to ask questions about it and Ida is like absolutely not we're not going to tell you anything until you get back to class yeah fuck you um which he does like the next day he's bucket back in class and then Eraserhead's like okay since Deku's here now we can tell him um but instead of me telling you it's just like a bigger internship Uh uh-huh there's like they it's like somebody was like isn't this a plot hole why did we have the new Olympics if this is a thing? And they had Uraraka ask that question. And then Eraserhead's like, here's a confusing and complicated answer about the, like the internal system of like scholarships and internships to, to this work study program. And I was like, cool. I didn't give, I don't care yeah, about that. It, like I didn't give it, a shit. It wasn't. There is so much uninteresting fucking bureaucracy that gets well, talked like, about oh my god Eraserhead talks for like three minutes about like here's the yes so we have the new olympics to advertise new students to get internships and if you didn't get an internship from the new olympics then you're fucked i guess um you don't get a, you are not front and center for a work pro and i'm like i don't care just tell me we're doing another one of these internship things like yeah who cares it's like inter- it's like internships, but you're doing real hero work this time. Yeah. Like okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what we got the license for. Um, and there, it's only usually for upperclassmen, but they are considering bringing it to class the lower classmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to introduce this concept, Eraserhead brings in uh, popular upperclassmen. The Which big he, three. The big three. And I was like, fuck completely off, okay? Imagine if your teacher was sitting you down to talk to you about, like, internship shit. And he was like, oh, and here's the most popular clique in school. I'm sure everybody knows the Glitterati. And you're like, shut the fuck up, Eraserhead. Oh, Nobody, uh, you shouldn't call them the big three. We, we forgot to mention that, like, uh, there is a very short scene while deku is on house arrest where he is taking out oh, the trash he meets, yeah <laughs> he meets he meets one of them who's kitty pride he who is what if kitty pride was a boy that looked like a pip boy um he does look like a pip he does look like a vault boy yeah he he looks like a vault yeah. boy he's like a big buff uh, vault boy because he's got dots for eyes uh and like a i like his face he looks friendly yeah. but that's probably why he's evil right um it, and i guess we'll see he's he's he has kitty pride powers um yeah he can phase through stuff which if you know if you know much about uh kitty pride uh those 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 powers are dangerous those oh, will yeah. fuck you up those will kill people for sure so we shouldn't trust him, and we shouldn't trust Eraserhead being like, and here's the coolest click in school to teach you. I fucking hate this. Don't introduce to me upperclassmen. And I shouldn't give a shit about any of the other grades, okay? It's mm-hmm. bad enough making me care about 1B. I don't give a shit about the seniors, okay? I just don't. Well, um, Holden, I have some bad news about next season. I know, I know. It's all going to be about them. I'm so fucking 
over this. This show can't help itself, you know? Um, it, it just fucking can't. It really, really can't. It loves to introduce new characters. Stop doing this. Uh, <sighs> I just don't... I, why? You know? Like, I understand people are like, you need new... Not even new characters. Like, you just need fresh faces or something. But, like, we have a staggering amount of characters on this show that we've introduced. And, like, we hardly know about any of them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Why are you wasting time on this? Yeah. When we are moving to this, like, next stage of this next, like, arc of stuff with these, uh, work, uh, programs. Why would you not just use the characters you have and just, like, make interesting pairings of characters? You know who, yeah, like, this is, this is the time in any other show that you would be like, yeah, let's, let's get people that don't share a lot of screen time and have them build relationships with each other. Or even if they don't build a relationship with each other that we come back to, we just understand more about them as characters based on how they interact. Mm-hmm. And we'll just never have that for this show. I don't know. It, it, it's a, yeah. all, the, all the good stuff we were saying about Deku being a sponge, this is the time we should be using with his classmates, you know, yeah. to, to do that. And Which, if, instead, we're going to fucking have Deku talk to these upperclassmen, and it's like, who cares about them? I don't care about these characters. Um, and it, it's really a shame, because, like, the thing is that, like, the two, the, the two Class 1A characters that really get spotlighted next season are Deku and uh, Kirishima. And it's like... You could have added it in the space where you have, like, the two upperclassmen that are, like, paired up with them. You could have, like, paired them with interesting, like, counterparts of their class. Put Momo up there. Put Sue in there. Like, Araraka's gonna have an arc next season. That's a gimme. But, like, Jiro? Mm Mm-hmm. Put... I want to see Jiro! I want to see Jiro. I want to see Jiro, and we just won't. We won't. Uh, well, we have one more episode this season, and I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about that episode and what our overall thoughts on season three oh, no. next time. Oh no, baby. Oh, 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 oh no. No. Oh no. We're we're gonna watch the next episode, and then we're going straight into uh season four. Oh my god. Okay. Lexi's like, let's fucking do it. We're, we're, we're doing shotgunning, it. We're, we're shotgunning. shotgunning my hero academia. We're fucking getting through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. That's gonna throw our whole count off. Oh no. Not if we just keep going. If we just keep going, it it doesn't throw anything off. Well, I just meant the 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 even number thing. Oh, it's oh no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. All right. I guess get prepared for that next time, everybody, listeners. Uh, yeah, last episode of season three, first episode of season four, and, like, now that we're just, like, doing these back-to-back, we're just gonna skip the recap episodes. I, I don't care at this point. <laughs> Lexi, 
is so fucking over it. She wants to be done so bad. Uh, Keep in mind she's got an eject eject lever at any time, and I can't argue with the eject lever. um, It's just, I want to get through, I just want to get to the next season, because I do genuinely like the next season. Um, And, like, I... I don't want to do the recap episode because it's a it's a recap episode. Even if like the framing of the recap episode is interesting to me, it's like a, a reporter guy comes to uh, the dorms and is like talking to all of the students. And uh, I I like him as a character because he's like very invested in Deku and All Might, and he like has the chance to get a like a real scoop on the slide, but he doesn't because he like likes the these two and he ends up giving an important like picture to Deku because he has a quirk that lets him like take pictures with his eyes and then print them sure. out of his body, which I that's think cool. is a fun little quirk. I think that's fun. Um, but you know, it's not necessary to go into the next season since we're just doing it. So yeah, let's yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to hop into it and that'll be next time. Yep. All right. Well, uh, with those episodes done, Holden, where can people find you on the internet? Well, they can find me on Twitter at uh, not underscore daredevil for the moment until they start charging me, I guess. And then is that knows. is that a thing? Yeah, he's thinking about charging a dollar per month to every user, um, and I won't be doing that. So how how we'll see if that goes through? How does he think? anyone who does he think will do that how does he think most of them he, the user base is going to do that why would he you gotta that? understand that this is a billionaire who has two like more money than he can ever spend in his life and so a dollar to him is like it's like nothing it's like yeah anyone would pay a dollar to do anything mm-hmm. it's like it's like not even an, an amount that you would pay you know like who you wouldn't even have to think about it and he's like and how else do we get rid of bots on the internet uh except to charge the money so, except except he doesn't account for the fact that people will like because just pay for bot yeah they'll just anybody with 50 dollars can have 50 bot accounts like who fucking i don't know i, I don't know anyway <sighs> you can also find uh, me on my portfolio website which is uh hdking at dot my dot com at least let me double check that out. no yeah hdking dot my dot com uh you can find me on the internet at uh, Hexaflexi, uh, at Tumblr, and co-host. You can also find the podcast on both those platforms at Sakugapod. You can also email the podcast at sakugapod at gmail.com. Um, and we would like to thank Rainbow Lithium for making the artwork we use in our podcast logo. And we would like to thank Holden for making that podcast logo. And we would really like to take a minute to thank Lexi for doing all the editing for this show because oh, it's a fucking hassle, let me tell you. And uh, she's stressed, and it's a lot of work. So everybody write in and say nice things to Lexi because she deserves it. Thank you. While you're writing in and you are like, this is some top-tier editing. I should tell somebody about this. If you know somebody that likes anime out in the real world and uh, has some thoughts about superhero media in general, you're like... I think they would get a lot out of this podcast. Maybe just, you know, send them an episode, have them check it out. We would really appreciate that. Exactly. Yes. 
I totally agree. That's a yeah. We're in agreement, complete agreement. Complete agreement. As two hosts, yeah, as two hosts of this show who think people should listen. If you just did all our work for us, that would be great. Uh, I, I was just, like, checking your scenario in my head, and I was like, yeah, this is a reasonable one. This is, yeah, see, the problem is that I've, I've Pavlov Lexi into every time I tell people to check out our podcast, I, I went too ridiculous. And so now she's got to spend real brain time thinking about whether or not it's feasible, uh, a feasible ask. Um, but with all of that being said, I think we can say that we have studied the Sakuga. We have formed, we have forged our friendship in a fire of battle. And we can, mm-hmm. we can consider our, <sighs> this case closed. And stay tuned for next season when we bring on a confusing fourth host who nobody really knows anything about or likes all that much, but I guess they're here now, um, and we just kind of have to learn like a weird amount of lore while they change the tone of the show. So, look forward to that. Mm-hmm.